with me to Luke chapter 7. If you have your Bibles with you, Luke chapter 7. We are going to read a couple of verses from Luke chapter 7. Let's read Luke chapter 7 verses 11 through 17. Now it happened the day after that he went into a city called Nain. And many of his disciples went with him and a large crowd. And when he came near the gate of the city, behold, a dead man was being carried out, the only son of his mother, and she was a widow. And a large crowd from the city was with her. When the Lord saw her, he had compassion on her and said to her, Do not weep. Then he came and touched the open coffin, and those who carried him stood still. And he said, Young man, I say to you, arise. So he who was dead sat up and began to speak. And he presented him to his mother. Then fear came upon all, and they glorified God, saying, A great prophet has risen up among us. And God has visited his people. Verse 17, Luke 7. And this report about him went throughout all Judea and all the surrounding region. So as the scripture starts, as we started reading in verse 11, we said, now it happened. So what really took place before verse 11, it was a well-known story of the centurion's servant getting healed. Jesus healed, Jesus entered into Capernaum and healed the centurion's servant. And Bible says the very next day, he went into the city called Nain, and there he raised the only son of a widow. Now just now, we heard a testimony by Minakshi saying that God still revives people from the dead, amen, amen? He's a God of miracles. He's a God of wonder. So in verse 12, shall we read verse 12 again, if you can come with me to verse 12. And when he came near the gate of the city, behold, a dead man was being carried out, the only son of his mother, and she was a widow. And a large crowd from the city was with her. This morning, I would like to title my sermon as Life meets death at the city gate. Can you say that with me? Life meets death at the city gate. I want all of you to visualize, I don't know whether you see a city gate there or not, but then I want you to visualize a city gate. Jesus, along with a large crowd, that's what Bible says, was entering into the city, was received by another large crowd carrying a dead body. I want to just imagine that scenario there. Jesus, along with his disciples and with a large crowd entering into the city of Nain, and another crowd coming opposite direction carrying a dead body. This morning, I want you to do one thing, all of you. I, all, I want all of you to remove your eyeglasses. I mean, those, even, even, don't, even those who do not have eyeglasses, you just remove it. How do you do it? Just by action. Don't remove, please. Don't remove your eyeglasses. 
Just remove it by action, okay? Don't, who, not, who do not have? Thank you, those who obeyed, I really appreciate you. <laughs> I mean, that's what I said, right? Yeah, remove your eyeglasses, yeah. So let, let's, by action, let's do it. And once you do it, I'll give you another eyeglass, okay? So let's, let, shall we do that? Shall we just, don't remove your actual eyeglass, just remove it by action, okay? Just remove it, take it slowly, carefully, and put it down somewhere. And I'm giving you another eyeglass. Can you take it from me? Just grab it and just put that. Okay, do you see something different? Amen? No, okay. <laughs> so keep wearing this eyeglass which I gave you right now, okay? Don't just, don't lose that, don't just take it away. Just keep wearing that eyeglass now. So now, in the same miracle with the new eyeglass that I gave, we see three different things if we can get that on the screen. Number one, we see life meeting the dead. And life touching the dead. And life speaking to the dead. We see a physical scenario that's happening as it is written in the word of God. But now with this eyeglass, we see a spiritual scenario that's happening there. I want to draw your attention this, to this morning to the, to the city of Nain where physically Jesus was entering and a dead man is walking out of the city. Sorry, dead man was carried by others through the city gate. That's a natural scenario. But there is a supernatural scenario or a spiritual scenario. That's what you are going to see this morning with the new glasses that he gave you. There are three things that are taking place at the city gate. There are three things. Can you say three things? At the city gate. And who is walking into the city gate? Jesus is walking. And what is happening from the other end of the city gate? People carrying a dead body. That's the scenario that we see at the city gate right now. So number one, we are going to talk about life meeting the dead. Life met the dead at that moment. If you can read with me to verses 11 and 12, can you come back and read with me? Now it happened the day after that. Who went? Who went there? Jesus, the life, life giver went into the city called named and many of his disciples went with him and a large crowd was told and when he came near the gate of the city behold a dead man was being carried out the only son of his mother and she was a widow and a large crowd from the city was with her what a strange encounter life meeting the dead life meeting the dead you know, living people can walk, but the dead need to be carried. Have you seen any time a dead person walking? No, not at all. What will happen if you see a dead person, person walking? What will happen to you? <laughs> so the only difference between those who could walk and those who are dead is what? Life. The only difference between those who, who could walk and those who are dead is life. So as the dead has been carried, life must walk towards the dead. Do you think the dead can walk towards the life? No, it's not possible. I want you to follow me with your spiritual eyeglasses. Dead is never going to walk to the light, but the, the life, but the life has to walk to the dead 
thank God Jesus walked into the city of Nain. You know, this morning or yesterday night as I was preparing this sermon, I was trying to understand why this scripture, why this miracle is placed in the word of God. And God gave me a revelation and that's what I'm sharing with you this morning. Life must meet dead for life to be imparted into the dead. Can I hear an amen this morning? Do we all have life this morning? I want to thank God for the life. You know, every time that something that I thank God is for the life. The breath that, that God has given in our nostrils. John chapter 10 verse 10, if you can come with me. The thief does not come. Can you read with me? The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. But Jesus says, I have come. He came from there. He came there. He came from there. We did not go to Jesus, but he came down from there that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. You know, we are talking about a life giver who is walking to meet a person who, al who was already dead. In the same way, when light enters into darkness, we see the light getting dispelled. Darkness cannot go near the light, but the light has to come to the darkness. You know, this morning I'm up to something here. I pray that God, you may help us this morning to understand this revelation. Where can we meet the dead today? Where can we meet the dead? Where did Jesus meet the dead? Jesus meet the dead in the city gate. Can you say city gate? You know, they were taking the dead body out through the city gate. In those days, it was a custom. If the body is taken out of the city gate, it can never by any means, it can go into, back into the city again. Even if they forgot to remove the jewelry or the watch or you know, whatever in the body, dead body, they can never take it back. Or they forgot to do some ritual. You know, no way they can take it back. I thank God because Jesus met the dead at the city gate. At the city gate. You know, everything that I say here, it has a spiritual impact. I want you to grab that. I just want you to get that this morning. The dead must be met at the city gate. If we cross, if they cross the dead city gate, they are not allowed to go back. And this morning, we see life giver walking into the city gate and he met the dead man at the city gate. Who has life today? In the spiritual sense, who has life? Jesus. Shall we turn to 1 John, 1 John chapter 5 verse 12. Can you read with me? Shall we read together? He who has the son has life. He who does not have the son of God does not have life. So who has life? We have life. Those who have the son have life. So that simply means those who do not have Jesus are louder. Are you with me? Those who do not have Jesus are? Are you sure? Are you sure? So we have life or not? We have life because we have Jesus. Those who have Jesus, Bible says very clearly, he who has the son has life. And we see life giver walking into a dead man and the dead man had no life in him. This morning the message is, because you have life, because life is given in our lives, God wants us to meet the dead. Can I hear an amen? God wants us to meet the dead. And where do we meet them? We meet them at the city gate. We meet them at the city gate. 
That's where dead people are carried, getting carried. You know, dead are not in the temple. Dead people are not in the church. And But where are they? They are at the city gate. If we look for dead people at the church, they are not there because the life is flowing. Amen. When the presence of God is there in the church, we see the life flowing through people. Because the life giver is already there. And no deadness can be there in the presence of God. But dead people are there at the city gate. Dead people are there at the city gate. And dead are not going to come to the temple. You know, today now, if you open the church, wide open the church, and if you throw so many flyers here and there and everywhere with all the media, if you put all the advertisement and wait for the dead to come into the church, will they come? Can they walk? They cannot walk. They cannot walk. The gamblers, the alcoholic, the addicts, those who are abused, those who are rejected by family, they are not going to walk. Jesus knew very well that the dead man can no way walk to receive life from the life giver. Instead, life walked to the dead. That's my message this morning. That's my message this morning. But today we see that people are walking around us. They have life physically, they have life, but then they don't have Jesus. That simply means they are dead. That's what scripture says. He who does not have the Son of God does not have life. I want you to believe this morning. He who has no, not Jesus in his life, in her life, they do not have life. That simply means you are working in your organization with a bunch of dead people. Your boss may be dead already. We are working with the people who are already dead. Your boss may be a dead man or dead woman still walking around. And you have life inside of you. Can you meet him? Can you meet her at the city gate? Even that's a challenge this morning to the church, to me. What are we doing inside today? God wants us to go to meet the dead who are those dead who do not have Christ and where are they they are at the city gate in fact they are everywhere not in the temple do you see one dead person here inside the church probably there is nobody no dead person in the in the life today I mean church is important not saying this is important not important it's very important that our gathering is important but this is for few hours the remaining time, the rest of our life, we are in touch, constant touch with the people who are already dead. People who are already dead. Jesus was walking into the city of Nain. He very well knew that a dead body is being brought out from the city, from inside of the city. And now Jesus slowly walked. And what did he do? He touched the dead. Second aspect of this miraculous life, touch the dead. Can you say that with me? Life touch the dead shall we read verse 14 verse 14 then jesus came and touched the open coffin and those who carried him stood still i want you to imagine again the physical scenario jesus was walking into the city and the dead body is brought over and jesus went and he touched the coffin and those who brought the dead body they stood 
still. I don't know how that touch was. I believe, I strongly believe that that touch was like, you know, somebody touching a live electric wire. Have you had experience touching a live electric wire? Probably electricians would have. You know, we have an electrician. I came the other day, you know, when we were working in the basement, we ha I had an electrician coming, coming to, you know, put some lights and uh, put some connections, make some new connections. And we said there is a wire which is burned, and then, you know, we called him to check that. And you know what he did? He came and just touched that wire. And I asked him, where is the tester, you know? I said, this is my tester, that's how I touch live wire, live wires. I don't know. Maybe that's how the electricians do. They touch to see whether there is life or not. And the moment Jesus touched the, the coffin, I don't know, probably, you know, the electricity would have just went in that coffin. That's what I could imagine. Who touched that dead body? Who? Jesus. I want you to come with me to Old Testament. Numbers chapter 19, verse 13. Can we read the scripture? Can you read this together? Verse 13. Whoever touches the body, read with me. Whoever touches the body of anyone who has died and does not purify himself, defiles the tabernacle of the Lord. That person shall be cut off from Israel. He shall be unclean because the water of purification was not sprinkled on him. His uncleanness is still on him. I understand the reason why Jews were against Jesus. He did something now which he was not supposed to do. As a man who is godly, as a man who is purified, Considered as a saint in the presence of God, he, no way he can touch the dead body. And Bible says, Jesus touched the coffin. Life touched the dead. Old Testament says, you are corrupted already if you touch a dead body. But Jesus says, I'm here to give life. You know, this morning, what God is speaking to us, what God is telling us, God wants us to touch those lives that are spiritually dead. And Old Testament says you are not allowed to touch the world, the dead body, and you defile yourself. And you know, sometimes this teaching gets interpreted in a New Testament fashion, saying that we don't have anything to do with ungodly people. Don't even go there, don't even talk to them, don't even look at them, don't even touch them. I understand the angle in which, you know, that, 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 that teaching is given, because we don't have fellowship with them. But at the same time, we have a responsibility of touching. If we don't carry life to those dead people, who is going to give life to them? You know, God has a responsibility. God expects from you and me to go and touch those who are already dead. It's not going to corrupt you. For 100% I am sure, when you, are, you walk with God and when you go and touch those lives that are already dead, you are not going to get corrupted. But instead, life is going to flow from you into those dead situations. This morning, I want you to believe. Can I hear an amen this morning? I want you to believe. You know, there are times, sometimes, you know, we are so afraid. You know, we, we, we are so afraid to see such people whom we consider that they are not godly. Because we don't see any of them, anything in their appearance. And we judge, saying that, you know, they are not godly people. They don't come to this church, that church. You know, they don't have... This, that, and so many things we say. 
They are not baptized. They don't speak in tongues. You know, we try to segregate people. But Jesus went to that man and he touched. I believe these miracles are written for such reasons. And if you really understand the word of God, I'll just come to that in a moment. These miracles are written for such reasons. God wants us to touch those lives which are already dead. We all know that spiritual death is nothing but the absence of eternal life. Natural death is nothing but the absence of life. But spiritual death is nothing but the absence of eternal life. And God wants us to touch those lives that are dead already. You know, if you remember, Jesus touched people. Jesus touched people to bring life into their situation. I want to take you, take you to another scenario. Let, let's read this particular scenario, then, then we will move further, little, little, little later. Let's read verse 13 and 14 again. Let's read verse 13 and 14. When the Lord saw her, the, the, the son's mother, he had compassion on her and said to her, do not weep. You know, Jesus walked into the presence of the dead, dead situation and he, Jesus touched the coffin and then Bible says, when the Lord saw her, he had compassion on her and said to her, do not weep. Then he came and touched the open coffin and those who carried stood still. He did not just go just to touch that coffin. Before that, what he had, he had compassion. What is compassion? Just feeling sorry for that situation. The touch came out of his compassion. That move of God that he took at that moment, he just came out of the compassion that he had by looking at her. You know, today when we walk around, when we move around, when we see people around us, the reason we are unable to touch them because we don't have any compassion in our side of us. Are you with me this morning? When we go and look at people around us and we see Jesus saw them as they are perishing. They are sheep without shepherd. And when he saw them, he had compassion over them. And Bible says, then he started healing them. Then he started bringing life into their dead situation. You know, this morning God is telling us, God is asking us, do you have such compassion? I mean, this is a question that we need to ask. Many times as Christians, instead of compassion, what we have is comparison. Instead of having compassion on somebody who is working with you, who has no life in him in her, we have comparison. We just lose the sense that, you know, we are children of God. We lose the sense that we have life inside of us. You know, this morning God is asking us to know that we have a responsibility. God wants us to know that we have a responsibility. We have a mission to achieve. The reason that Jesus touched the dead man because he had compassion on her. You know, whatever reason Jesus saw people who are dying are people who are already dead. People who are going through difficulty. People who are sick. Jesus always touched them. Jesus always touched them. You know, there is something greater about touching. God wants us to touch people. Not really talking about, you know, touching physically. Sometimes that helps. Just a, a pat on the shoulder really supports and really encourages someone who is going through a difficult time. I want you to do that. I want you to do that. Just do not discount. Just do not neglect anybody. 
Just encourage people around us. Just tell them that you care for them. Just tell them that you love, for, love them. Just tell them that you can pray for them. Just tell them that, you know, God is with you. I'm praying for you. I think about you. I know what you're going through. Suddenly it helps. Suddenly it helps. But we are talking something different this morning. We are talking about touching their lives spiritually. Two blind men, they were sitting at the side of the road, crying out for help. Bible says Jesus, when Jesus saw them, Jesus had compassion over them and he touched their eyes. Shall we read Matthew chapter 20 verses 33 to 30, 33 and 34? Can you read with me? Then said to, they said to him, Lord, that our eyes may be opened. Matthew 20, 33 and 34. 34. So Jesus had what? Compassion and touched their eyes and immediately their eyes received sight and they followed him now i have seen with my own experience when we pray for people you know not every time but there are times when we pray for people just you know we end up in crying along with them we move with the compassion looking at not just looking at the situation that they are going through but 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 most of the time it is just a divine given compassion the spirit of god just gives that compassion to pray for them in a, in a deeper level and when we pray we see the move of god we see the move of god we need to ask for that compassion if we don't have to know somebody who is going to the eternal hell without life Compassion brings miracles. Compassion brings healing. And above all, compassion brings salvation. Compassion brings salvation. This morning, I want you to decide. The person next to you, next to you in your workplace. Every day, the person who, is coming, who comes and sits with you in the bus as you travel. The person, when you get out of your community, when you wave your hands next day, God is asking us to have compassion over them. Now, many times we look at with them, you know, probably if somebody is looking at them, we say that, okay, maybe they are trying to judge us and they are trying to see where this person is going in and out. When, once we are talking to my neighbor and she said, we could never see you at home. I said, yeah, you won't see me at home. All that we could see you is you just come inside and just rush and, you know, back and forth. You know, that's what is happening. That's how we see you. God wants us to have compassion over them. Compassion does three things. What are they? Compassion brings miracles. Compassion brings healing. Compassion brings salvation. Finally, not only life met the dead, not only life touched the dead, life also spoke to the dead. Can you say that with me? Life spoke to the dead verse 14 shall we read together then he came and touched the open coffin and those who carried him stood still and he said young man i say to you arise meeting did not bring this miracle touching did not bring this miracle but what brought this miracle speaking speaking brought this miracle you know, this morning I want you to understand there is power in the word that we know already because you, we use that power of the word. Amen? Yes? We use the power of the word to praise God and we also use the power of the, power of the word to 
No, we don't do that, right? We are all good people. We don't do that. That's what the Bible says. We should use the power of the tongue to praise God. To praise God. So today, you know, God is speaking to us. It's not enough we meet, not enough we touch, but we also need to speak. What do we speak? What do we speak? You know, sometimes, you know, we say hi and we say meet and then, you know, we just shake hands with them, but then we don't have anything to say. You come across that moment in your life? When we meet somebody new, we don't have anything to say. You know, people, especially those who are introvert, you know, just, you know, we don't have anything to say to them. We just meet them and shake hands and they just we have an, get into a very awkward moment. You know, at that moment, have you experienced that? We don't have anything to say. But God is telling us this morning, when we meet people, it's not enough when we touch, it's not enough we meet, we need to speak. Life came when Jesus spoke that word. What did he speak? Can you read with me? And man, I say to you, arise. You know, today devil's trick, devil plays in this area very cleverly. The way devil plays, I will help you. Today, he makes us to speak everything except God. He makes us to speak everything in our lives except God. You know, it is, it is true with you and it is true with me. There are many things we do every day. And when the moment comes speaking about God or praising God or doing something for God, you know, we slowly back off. You know, I want you to understand the tactics of the enemy here. I want you to know, I want you to understand. All of us in our workplaces, we give presentations, we read reports, uh, we, we, you know, we, go, uh, we certainly we present and then we provide a status update, you know, those who are having a team and then work as an agile technology. Morning you have a stand-up meeting and then you go there and then, you know, just you all give your update and we speak. We do all these things. We do all these things. Listen to me carefully. When your favorite topic comes, maybe politics or maybe cooking or maybe um, car or any other favorite topic, anything else you have? Sports, anything else? Music, vacation, vacation, car, cooking, baking, stitching. When we, our favorite topic comes, you know, the way we talk, talk, we will never stop. We will just go on. And if some of you, you know, I want to talk to you about, talk to you about cars, we are so happy to talk about cars. Some of you about the dresses and your makeup set and your nail polish, you know, this, that, and so many things, you know, you're so happy to talk about those things. Listen to me. We do all these things. But to the same person when he asks, brother, next week, can you just share a few words? Can you share testimony? They say, no, brother, no. I have never done that in my life. Can you just lead us in prayer? No, brother, no, I, I can't do it. I have never done this in, in my life. Sister, can you just share a few words? No, I was, I was like this, actually. It was, I guess, 2007. I never spoke in English until then. 2007, not very far. I never gave sermon in English until then. All, all was done in my native tongue. And a brother in New Jersey, you know, he said, I'm going on vacation. Balan, he called me and he said, 
I mean, he didn't say, he, did, he said it very, very clever, in a very clever way. God is telling me to tell you. What did he say? If he said that, I'm telling you, Balan, can you just share in that my miracle night service? I, I would have said, no. But what did he say? God is asking me to, I mean, there's a way to tell when you tell something. So he said, God is asking me to tell you. I said, no, brother, no way. I have never given sermon in English. Balan, I don't know. It's up to you and God. God is asking me to tell you. That's all I can tell you. Now it's on my head. I think that should I do, I guess, right? When I talk to you. You know what? I gave the sermon first time ever in my life, 2007 or 8, in English. And God had a plan. God has a purpose. Who knows? God had a plan. You know, this morning we need to be very careful. You know, we just take, we just back off when we want to do something for God. And we know that the power is when we speak. Until we speak, it's good to sit and pray. It's good to read the word. It's good to meditate. You know, we need to start speaking the word. When we start speaking the word, that's where we see the power of God. Can I hear an amen? Jesus, not only he met, not only he touched, but he went near the dead body and he spoke. And when he spoke, life came into the dead situation. There were many occasions Jesus spoke. And whenever he spoke, life came into that situation. Jesus spoke to the dead girl of 12 years old girl, girl of the daughter of Jairus and leader of the synagogue. And Bible says she was quickly revived. Jesus spoke to dead Lazarus. He said, Lazarus, come out. He went there, he visited there, he cried there, he did everything there. Nothing happened. But when he started speaking, that's where we see the power of God. That's where we see the power of God. This morning, church, I want you to know. There is a reason why we speak. There is a reason why God has called each one of us to speak. When you speak, there is a power in the word of God that you speak. Jesus spoke to the dead son of the widow and said, Young man, I say to you, arise. I say to you, arise. And he rose from the dead. This morning, my question is, why do you think that this is written in the word of God? When we talked about God raising people from the dead, it's all good. Just want to leave that thought for a moment now. Want you to come with me. Why do you think this, these miracles of Jesus raising the dead is written from in the word of God? You know, today many times we come across people wrongly understand the scripture and they try to recreate this miracle by trying to raise the dead. Is there any use of raising the dead? Yes or no? Yes? Are you sure? Are you sure? I want you to imagine a scenario. I'll tell my scenario. My mother, she was struggling for a long time in her life. And two weeks, she was three weeks, she was in the hospital and sometime in coma. The doctor came and asked me, can we do a dialysis for her that she may leave? They asked him, he's a very aged man, very experienced doctor. I asked him, if she is your mother, what would you do at this moment? And he said, no, I will not do it. Because the pain she's handling now, 
no way comparable to the pain that she will go through if we do dialysis. Now, I said, no, we'll not do it. In many occasions, raising the dead is not going to really help. The amount of nuisance that they have created when they were living on the face of this earth, how many of us really rejoice? Thank God he has gone now. Oh, okay. I want you to think the scenario, I'll come back again quickly. I believe these are written in the word of God. Not to capture that aspect of raising the dead, but to capture the aspect of life speaking to the dead. Life speaking to the dead. Before Jesus was crucified, he spoke about eternal life. But Jesus' blood was not shed at that moment. All that he could demonstrate miracles in this way, raising the dead, bringing them back to life and teaching them that's what is going to happen to you one day. Even if you die today, you are going to rise again. Do you remember what Jesus spoke when he, before he raised Lazarus from the dead? Those who believe in me, they will have eternal life. Do you remember what Jesus spoke to the Samaritan woman? If you believe in me, you will live forever. You will never be thirsty. You know, everything that Jesus spoke in the word of God, we need to understand, we need to read the word of God with that lens, with that glass, eyeglasses that I gave you. Who are the dead? Where life is absent. Where Jesus is absent, those are the dead ones. We are called to speak to those dead. We are called to speak to those dead. There are plenty of them in our lives. Can you read just this together? Just say, put a few words together. If, let's see whether it makes sense. Can you read with me? When we realize that a spiritual dead person accepting Jesus and receiving life is a greater miracle than a physically dead person rising back to life, we have the right understanding of the scripture and have the right revelation of the scripture. Can you read that with me again? Then you know what to pray for. Then you know what to pray for. Can you read that with me again? When we realize that a spiritual dead person accepting Jesus and receiving life is a greater miracle than a physically dead person rising back to life, we have rightly understood the scripture and have a right revelation of the scripture. I believe these miracles are written for us to know when we speak to the dead situation, dead people, there will be life. That doesn't mean that Jesus will not raise the dead people. Even today, he does miracles. Even today, he does miracles. When Jesus asked the disciples, do you all want to go away? At some point of time, they said that it is a very hard teaching, Jesus. I'm just going to go away. This morning, I heard a message. I was asking somebody what's going on with you, what's happening with you, and then why you don't see you in your church, in the church. The person who was coming to our church for a couple of times and for a long, quite, quite long time, and then she said, I found another church, and you know what? I hear them preaching the same thing that we used to hear back in our country. What is important this morning is rightly understanding the word of God. And getting the right revelation to know what we pray for and what we are supposed to do when Jesus asked the disciples, even do you want you to do you want to go 
And if you want to go, you can go away. And you know what? What Peter responded? Peter responded from John chapter 6, verse 68. Can you read with me? But Simon Peter, and he did not say that, Jesus, you could raise bodies from the dead. No, he did not say, Jesus, you could bless bread and fish and give it to multiple, multiple people. He did not say that. What did he say? That I just appreciate his revelation. I thank God for this revelation. What did he say? But Simon Peter answered and said to him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. You know, this morning I want you to consider eternal life above everything else that we can enjoy and experience through God. It's no way comparable. Do not compare eternal life with the pain that you are going through in your family. Do not compare eternal life with the struggle that you are handling on the face of this earth. It is momentary. It is fleeting. It's going to go away. But life that you build, life that you have inside of us, inside of you, is going to live forever. This morning, that's what we need to grab on. That's what we need to press on. That's what we need to move forward with. When Ezekiel saw, when God asked him to speak life into the dead bones, this is what he did. This is what he did. Ezekiel chapter 37, verse 10. When he spoke, what happened? Shall we just read that together if you have the scripture? Ezekiel chapter 37, verse 10. If you have Bibles, you can just turn. Ezekiel chapter 37, verse 10. And here we see Ezekiel was asked to prophesy. And when Ezekiel prophesied, this is what is happening. Can we read together Ezekiel chapter 37, verse 10? So I prophesied, and he commanded me, and breath came into them, and they lived, and stood upon their feet, an exceeding great army. When Ezekiel was asked to speak, when Ezekiel spoke, when Ezekiel prophesied, we see life coming into those dead bones. Amen? God wants us to speak life into those dead situations. Shall we all arise this morning? Shall we all arise? There are three things that are happening at the city gate. Number one, life meeting the dead. Number two, life touching the dead. Number three, life speaking to the dead. Mm -hmm.